<laughs> in this episode of The Full Nerd, AMD Scott Herkelman and Radeon 7. Welcome to The Full Nerd, a very special edition, because we have none other than Scott Herkelman of AMD. He has been around in the industry for a long time. Wait till the end, folks. I did not know this about Scott. He was a pro gamer. So, like, if you think you're... Apparently, he was a real pro gamer. I want to hear a story about it. It's crazy. But the real star of the show, AMD Radeon 7 or VII. Or I don't again. I don't, it's like the Super Bowl. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Luckily, the low numbers I can get. I, I also don't know what the Super Bowl number is. L I I. I don't know is what that, that what is. It is. I have no idea. What but, is that? By the way, thank you for inviting me on here, and I'm excited to show your audience. Yeah, yeah. What we've come up with. So it's great. This is, of course. Now I've been wanting to ask somebody to AMD this, but I think about three days after the the launch. Or reveal. I was like, wait a minute, Radeon VII. That's Vega Two, right? That was like your internal kind of like making fun of everybody. I don't know about making fun of everyone. <laughs> well, um, but what I would say, it, it does have a couple different meanings. It's our second generation Vega architecture, and it's on the seven nanometer process. So if you think about how we wanted to name it, VII can stands for both second generation Vega and seven nanometer. Oh, nice. okay, yeah. nice. so much symbolism there. But you know, <laughs> yeah. usually product names don't get that that much symbolism. But yeah. there's a lot there. Uh, I'm gonna unbox it. You should unbox okay. it. Absolutely, I would love to have you unbox it. Uh, so, folks, this is the reviewers kit that people are gonna get for the hardware they review. This is not a retail part, but I'm sure if you want to pay extra money, AMD might sell it to you. Uh. We should I, consider that. Consider sure. that, and also <laughs> consider this is being recorded before the actual performance embargoes lift. The Brad will be doing all that magical stuff. We can't tell you what the time spy is going to be, but we can talk a little bit about it. So yeah, that'll be February seventh. By February the way, 7th, the uh, that, that's when the product launches, and all the performance reviews will be out. So look for it then. Okay. So okay. So I I want to I love this I love the tchotchkes. Now this is beautiful. This is. Oh, let's let me, turn let around. me help you out with this here. Can there you we see go. this? So this is a pedestal for here. So actually, you should sell this, I think, because then your real fans will buy one for their system and then another one just to put on the pedestal. Yeah, right? I think, and like, you know, they can look at it while they're gaming and, and then this is an their actual, opponents. Oh, yeah, and this is an actual... Uh, Die yeah. right? Here. Yeah, that's actual die. So that's the on um, the Radeon Seven die that you see there. Can I pry that out and put that in a card at home? Well, I don't think it'll work, but you can try. <laughs> you can try. There's a lot of people, by the way, that put GPUs in ovens and do crazy things with them. So you can always try. Yeah, I always like that. Well, you could have just put it in the oven and reflow the solder. So yeah, it's like, I think it should not have done that in the first place. I will just use my warranty. But <laughs> that's why I love the community. By the way, you know they're very in innovative and they uh, think of different things to do and how to solve problems and it's just uh it's i agree community. it's a lifesaver for when you're out of warranty but products should not just you know just poof but again so we have radeon 7 uh i'm sure everybody saw this at ces yeah for the audio listeners why don't you uh you tell them what we're looking at yeah oh, so we're, yeah, sure. we're looking at the retail card it's got a, a three fan uh three axial fans that's three right. axial fan a nice anodized silver shroud backplate 
It's really pretty. That's right. So it has 3,840 uh, cores, uh, 16 gigs of HBM2, second generation HBM2, and uh, one terabyte of memory per second bandwidth. And so, uh, you know, for us, our investment into this product was to make sure gamers can actually use the card right away with all the games that they play or the creation uh, workloads that they use. And so we put our money into memory for this generation of cards to, to ensure the, the broad use cases across the platform. So, okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, that is of course the, the big question I think everybody on Reddit and forums and everybody wants to ask is like, well, this is six ninety nine, folks for 16 gigs of HBM two, which is not cheap memory. Why don't you make an eight gig version and sell it to me for two ninety nine? I mean, that's what people <laughs> two ninety nine. Uh, that would be pretty tough. Yeah, um, but you know, we we really wanted to put a lot of memory on this card, and the architecture for Vega, the second generation Vega, really does well with sixteen, and the next point it does really well with this 32 um bring it down to eight there's you know it, it does reduce the memory bandwidth and and as we took a look at application performance we thought the optimal point was right there with 16 okay and then we also wanted to make sure that in this high in the market when we survey it we we know it's not just gamers it's creators people who use adobe and blender and davinci resolve and so that sweet spot for us on that second generation uh, vega architecture was 16 Okay, and, th and that, of course, HBM2, for people to know, it's a stack memory design. You have the, these TSVs, wires that actually go through the memory, right? And then, so, I mean, if you were to go fewer stacks, you would essentially cut your memory interface in half, I That's guess? right, that's right. You, you would get less performance uh, and memory bandwidth than, uh, on a relative scale, so you would actually lose a lot more than you would gain by going okay. down to eight. And, and then the price point would still not be that attractive. And so we believe the optimum... Uh, portion of the market would be 16 gigs for that price point. So that's that's where we're at right now today. Okay. We'll always evaluate everything else out in the future, but I, we believe this is going to be a well-positioned product. And uh, for power, we have two 8-pins. Uh, yeah, 300-watt board power, that's right. So, uh, you know, when we took a look at the, the board and the power, we wanted to make sure that people have the ability to play their GP, uh, play with their GPU with the current supplies, uh, PSUs that are out there, power supplies, but also, you know, have the ability to overclock when it launches, and we're excited to see what people can do with it. Okay, so, but I mean, that you don't, it's, people see two A-pins, they think, wow, that's a lot of power. It doesn't necessarily need it, it's just for there for the over, overclocking? Yeah, over? it's it's there to give the best uh, performance uh, on the on the, the cores and uh, the memory, but um, if you don't need it, you don't necessarily always have to push it right to the limit. There are some applications that don't require to use all the way up to the full board power. Yeah. Uh, of course, performance again. We folks, it's not. It's not the. We can't talk exact numbers yet, <laughs> but we're going to try to get Scott to give us a hint. <laughs> I think Lisa at, at CES said, "Oh yeah, we're going to fight. We're. It's definitely priced to fight with it. Uh, RTX twenty eighty. Will it actually?" fight in performance to that 28 yeah look um um I, again more more reviews will come out february 7th i'm excited for everyone to get their hands on it uh we believe this is a good fighter we, we will win some we will tie we will lose some but i think overall we're there in the competitive space and enthusiast market for the first time in a long time with their solid product offering um so from a gaming perspective win some lose some just to be transparent make sure everybody knows that sure we we see the full suite of games before launch we know where we're at we also know where our competitors are at um and then the thing that we're really offering with this is the creative workloads i think that we will provide a tremendous amount of compute capability for those people who, who create and game at the same time are what 
you know, I, I, you know, honestly, I didn't pay too close attention to the compute side because that's a professional end. But what kind of a performance bump can we expect to see over, say, a five RX five ninety? Oh well, over a, a Vega sixty four, Vega sixty four, even just so. our last generation. You know, in things like Adobe um, um, or Blender, we see up to twenty seven percent roughly in oh. certain workloads, and we also see on uh, DaVinci Resolve fifteen about twenty seven percent. And OpenCL or compute benchmarks like Luxmark, we've seen you know over fifty percent. Wow, and so. So, you know, for us, it's it's continuing to be important to ensure that our GPUs, because a lot of people uh, in the creation space, they can't afford the $3,000 workstation GPUs or the 10000 You still sell data those. Center. We still, still sell, sell them, those. but still... those are for like a commercial audience. But there's right, all these right. small mom and pops or just small studios that want to do creative workloads and want a game, but they can't afford those expensive GPUs. So for us, you will continue to see us in the gaming space produce drivers that are optimized as much as possible yeah. for the creative workloads while giving them the benefit in that performance. And so that's why you see us positioning this card to talk to that audience and make sure that they understand our, our performance for the Radeon 7 really suits those needs that maybe are on a tighter budget, but really we need that really good performance that they would expect out of a gaming GPU. Okay. I mean, definitely pro market, uh, you know, they, uh, they can always use more, more performance. Uh, I, you know, I do want to ask since I got you here, I don't have too much time, but we're going to, we're going to go till we run out of time, folks. Um, seven nanometer. What do you get out of it? Yeah. Well, for us, for this uh, particular architecture, we really were able to zone in on the clock speeds. And so you see a nice boost in clock speeds for us. Um, of course, it's a smaller die. So that enabled us to put 16 gigabytes of HPM2 right next to the die. And, and that was a really nice uh, benefit for all of our users. Will, will be a nice benefit for all of our users. So we did make some other structural enhancements. We'll talk about it at a later time, I think, as we get close, closer to launch or right on launch day. Okay. But for us, the two major points were putting more memory next to the die in a smaller package, as well as, you know, zeroing in on better clock speeds. Okay. So definitely. Uh, and, and again, I don't know what the performance is, but I'm going to... I have high expectations is I mean, a significant jump going from you know 16 15 14 down to you know seven nanometers right it's yeah it's it's um the industry is is definitely uh slowed down a little bit over the over the past few years but um if you look at the bets we made a couple of years ago for seven nanometer uh the the engineering teams at amd and the and and mark and the team in the cto office they really did a great job positioning as well to be the first as a seven nanometer gaming GPU in the world. And that's what we're taking advantage of this year. And of course the rest of this year, there'll be even more things that we can talk about. Uh, that's the facts that, uh, the audience, that is a code word for Navi. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you, cause a lot of people, I mean, there are m maybe not realistic expectations, but a lot of people are like, Oh, we're going to see Navi at CES. We're going to see Navi. <laughs> I'm going to ask Scott this question. He will not, Tell us the answer to this question, but I will ask because I know you you want to know when's Navi coming, uh, what configurations, and how much will it cost, Scott? Tell me exactly now. <laughs> Uh, I also want to know when Half-Life 3 is going to launch. <laughs> um, no, but he just confirmed Half-Life 3. <laughs> did not. I did no, not. Um, but I would say that uh, we're excited about Navi. I can't talk about it. Okay. Thank you for asking. Um, we read. I read Reddit. And a lot of people's forums every day, and that's the number one question for sure. We will make sure that everybody, when we're ready to talk about it, is well aware of what it's going to be. So you don't talk about your next generation product months ahead of time? Apparently not normally. That's not a, that's not not normally. a normal strategy. And, for and I think my, my, my PR team would not let me do that anyway. Yeah, so. Not to mention, <laughs> there's actually PR saying, awesome, nice people. I love them. Awesome people. They're standing there. And if, in fact, there's like a, like suddenly you see a, a shift, it's because... 
Scott says something wrong, and we have to cut it before the lawyers jump in. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, no, but we are excited for it. it it'll. It's 2019. It's okay. coming. Definitely going to be this yeah. year. So that's yeah. uh, now. Um, Navi and uh, raise. Uh, I was going to say Ryzen Radeon Seven. You know, we're going to see the benchmarks just in a few days. But yeah, let's look. Let's look at next generation things. Uh, ray tracing is. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about ray tracing. <laughs> um, first of all, ray tracing has been around for a very long time. It's yeah. been doing. It, you can do ray tracing on every GPU today. Actually, you can run ray tracing on every GPU. The performance hit is significant. Um, in the professional space, ray tracing has been used significantly because it helps people, you know, uh, make sure that their applications are have the right lighting and effects. Um, and I think that from Microsoft's announcement about DXR, we're totally on board. You know, we're extremely excited about that. Uh, our position is it's pretty early for ray tracing yeah. in the consumer gaming space. Uh, and I think you could even say that the game developers would mostly agree because there's very few games out today, maybe just one yeah. um, that's consistently supporting it. I think over time, over time, as our GPU horsepower increases, as the industry adopts DXR and, uh, and, and that um, is further distributed among the gaming communities in terms of uh, the, the developers and they adopt that and they figure out how to code it and how they how they can implement it in their games and they get the widest adoption of that um we'll be there we'll be there top to bottom our goal is to produce you know products that can run ray tracing well without a performance hit top to bottom and when that happens i think that's when the ray tracing will become much more important to the community okay and um this gosh uh, sorry i lost my train of thought there Actually, the, the problem with not doing it live is you can lose your train of thought when you're doing it live. You have you have no choice. You're on that <laughs> you're on that high wire act. But um, for oh God, what the heck was I going to ask? I was going to ask about ray tracing. It's just not coming out of my brain now. It has been a crazy week. People, will, you will see what happens soon, and you will understand why. Uh, God, what the heck was I going to ask? Like oh, reboot. Sorry, I had to reboot there. So I wanted to ask. So you're saying uh, clearly because a lot of people are hating on ray tracing right now. I mean, there's just I, I'm actually surprised by people that are just the negative reaction, inclu including, you know, people died in green. NVIDIA supporters are like, oh, my God, I'm so they're so angry. It feels like this. This isn't just sort of the, the red team. This is also some green team members are like eh, not ready yet. You're saying you would not buy a ray tracing card right now? No, I don't think it's worth the investment right now. Um, and the reason for that is I believe the industry will change quite a bit over the next couple of years. I think the the gaming community at large, not only gamers that buy their products, but the people behind um, games and the people behind platforms, we want to make sure that there's a standard that everybody can use and use well. Gamers can get ray tracing enabled games and see the beauty and, and be able to experience it um, and in, a, in a way that everybody can enjoy, not just one specific platform, not just one specific technology. And I think that's the point where um, in time that gamers will appreciate ray tracing a lot more. I'm a big fan of ray tracing. I think it really enables developers to do lighting faster and it saves them a significant amount of time actually, because right now they hand place all the lights, right? And um, if we do ray tracing properly and it's an open standard like Microsoft is pushing, I think that there will be more adoption among game, game developers and you'll see hardware companies like ourselves feel much more inclined top to bottom to make sure that our hardware is uh, aligned with that open standard. Um, what about the future proofing argument? Like, hey, I I think it's going to be awesome when the games come out for this. 
I want to be ready, so I'm buying it now. Yeah, well, um, what's your argument against? I that? think future future proofing is always okay. Okay, it's always like more memory, 16 gigs of memory. That's like you know, that's an easy one because you can realize that every application immediately takes advantage of more memory if it needs it. Um, but a specific proprietary code to do ray tracing that then you have to go and work game developer by game developer, and it might not necessarily work with our products or other products. It's a it's a little hard to push off as um, a major initiative for the gaming community at large, because then now people have to worry about two different standards. They have to worry about two different implementations. And um, our preference is let's use the industry standard DXR. And when games are there to support it, let's make sure that AMD Radeon is there to support it with our GPU lineup top to bottom and give gamers the best solution that they can without charging crazy prices. Okay. Now, I Chris, the, uh, the proprietary part is a DLSS part of... Uh... The, that is one, yes. Okay. Yes. Isn't one it of, a f- one of many? Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> well, I don't I I still want to talk about GP stuff, but I was going to shift to something that's radioactive. Should I ask it now? Well, uh, by the way, we could talk about DL- DLSS. You know, yeah. DLSS is actually a really interesting technology. Um, but again, it's one of those things that's game by game dependent and then you got to downscale to upscale and um, you know, our, our view is there's a lot of great technologies in games today that can make your image better and we, our goal is to produce a better performing GPU, so that way we don't have to downscale and upscale to get you know better performance. It's just a funky way to do it, and then the game developers, you know, you would have to go in and do a lot of work for them, and then they would have to be bite off on it, and it's game by game, and that's why I think you see this uh, initi- initiative uh, in the industry that it's like get there's only one game that supports ray tracing and maybe a few handful that support DLSS. And then, you know, if you're a gamer, you're like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean that it's never going to come or will it come eventually? We would rather just cut all that noise out and just say, hey, let's p- produce the best performing GPU. And when ray tracing's ready, let's make sure we're there. So instead, let's invest in other things that gamers can take immediately advantage of, which is like memory or um, even bandwidth or or maybe not bandwidth, but cooling. And so there's some a lot of different things that we'd like to place our investments in. Okay. Today. You know, bandwidth meaning memory bandwidth. I mean, right. you do have a crazy amount of memory bandwidth. Uh, this card... You know, the big announcement at CES was, you know, uh, New Ryzen's going to have uh, PCIe 4. This card is PCIe 3. That's right. Should people care? Um, I don't think at this point in time they should care. Uh, the ecosystem is not ready for it yet. I think that we'll have more to say about PCIe Gen 4 later. Um, but I would say that, um, you know, of, of course, that will that does matter out in time. But I think right now the ecosystem's a little early, and um, that's why we chose PCIe Gen 3. Okay, and yeah. you know, I, and I know I've, we've all lived it through it. PCIe one to two to three, we're still pretty far from saturating PCIe, right? I mean, for GPUs, yeah. For I, GPUs, I, I mean, there's some maybe some outliers in some some cases, but I think overall we're we're pretty far from that. Now, I think there's other use cases that you could see it being saturated, uh, whether that's CPU or, or or else. But I think in general, we, we feel pretty comfortable with where we're at with PCIe Gen three on Radeon seven. Okay. Uh, you know, we didn't talk about the ports on here because I'm going to use that in an interesting segue. Just so you can see, folks, this is uh, we have uh, HDMI and three Display Ports. Yes, right. I mean, actually, we'll give you a little bit of a close up on the card here. It's quite beautiful. The one at the show was a little beat up by. There's nothing like touching something that uh, 500 other journalists have touched. <laughs> so it was pretty gross. Uh, hand but, sanitizer. So, I suggest hand sanitizer. Oh, God, yeah. You should have, like, Spider-Man shooters on your hands. For so, of course, you have your display port. Yes. And this supports uh, an open, adaptive, vari- a variable, variable refresh, refresh rate yes. called FreeSync. That's right. Um, 
what do you think about your competitors now also supporting FreeSync? Uh, a lot of, you know, shade they're throwing your way. <clears throat> you mean uh, Adaptive Sync, uh, adaptive Gordon? Adaptive Sync. Uh, hey, look, Adaptive Sync is an industry standard. Um, and um, maybe very few people know this, but I was at NVIDIA when we launched uh, G Sync. And um, I think the, the great news about NVIDIA uh, coming to. Uh, support the adaptive sync standard is that it's just good news for gamers let's do away with proprietary standards it's really hard if you're a gamer you ask them hey which monitor and how do you choose and they see different standards it becomes like the old vhs and beta situation that we had a long time ago for those of us old enough to know that <laughs> and uh <laughs> just dated us anytime that happens anytime that happens it's it just creates confusion so my my first oh. reaction is thank god you know because it's going to be easier to sell the solution it's better better for gamers anyway and eventually we'll get to a place that I believe that gamers just want to get a, get a great display, get the GPU frame by frame to the monitor on the exact time it needs to get there. And now that they're supporting it, um, although I would say it's overdue, I'm happy. Do you think, though, like I, I yeah, because originally I was like, wow, this is a this is a big deal because it looks like they're embracing it. But there was there was definitely some checking of uh, FreeSync there by NVIDIA and Jensen, of course, <clears throat> went ballistic and. I, I tried to make Scott say mean things. He won't say mean things. No, He's no, not going to say mean things. But then also just talking to their team, they really still believe G-Sync is going to be the, the standard to go for the future, the premium product. And do you, from the AMD perspective, really seeing G-Sync and FreeSync kind of surviving? I, I would actually, um, you know, there's been quite a few tweets about this from the reviewer community. And one thing I would say is um, don't listen to somebody like me who has a vested interest in a position. <laughs> Um, you know, there's been thousands of monitor reviews on FreeSync versus G-Sync. Just go read those. Okay. And, and, and if, if, they're, if my competitor's position is, um, I don't know what he said ver verbatim, I don't want to say it. Well, but does it work? Actually, I know what he I said, think, but does I don't it work? Does it work? Absolutely works. So you've seen it actually work then? Of, cor so, of okay. course. That's... But, but what I would say is, um, don't, don't trust me. Just go read all the reviewers. I mean, there's thousands of reviews on FreeSync, so I'm not sure how anybody can say it doesn't work. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of wonder, like, I, knowing monitor makers, there's still a premium. There's still validation. There's still these these hoops you got to jump through, and it's not a great business to be in as far as margin. So it just feels like that's just gonna get long term. Five years from now, G Sync is gonna get. It just feels like small. I mean, beta beta versus versus VHS. Now, for folks younger folks, that's that's VHS iPhone case versus beta iPhone case. Okay, that's that's how you understand it. But I mean, really, I mean, is there room HD DVD versus Blu-ray? Is there room for two? I just I don't think so. Actually, if you think about just the markets in general, specifically around the PC, two different standards rarely works. Yeah. And our view has always been from day one, open, right? We want people to develop beautiful products, beautiful technologies, applications, and do it fast, innovate, keep pushing the industry forward. I believe when there's two different standards, it slows everything down. And people, it confuses people. They don't know what to buy into. And then if you buy a G-Sync monitor, you're stuck in that ecosystem forever. And maybe you don't want to be stuck in that e ecosystem forever. And so um, there's innovation beyond standards. And if, when you have an open standard, you can create fast innovation quickly and um so innovations like either monitor technology or proprietary uh gaming technology i believe on behalf of the gaming community slows everything down because then people have to make a choice game developers have to make a choice monitor vendors have to make a choice why not just have one open standard where we can just push everything forward and uh make the most immersive game experience possible hmm. okay 
And then, you know, uh, I mean, there's a lot of FreeSeq monitors out there. So There are a lot. 550, by the way. I, I heard only 12 of them work. <laughs> I revert back to my earlier statement, Gordon. There, you just asked the reviewer community. I think you're one. Okay. So, <laughs> huh. That's, I, yeah, he's, he's not, he's being nice, but yeah. I'm, I, being, I'm trying to be being very nice, nice as possible. It is hard. I, it is hard to see long-term 10 years from now, which is, I mean, that's forever. That's like a hundred years, five years from now. It'll be interesting to see, you know? Yeah. I think there, I mean, I, I think the um, monitor community um, overwhelmingly has chosen FreeSync because they realize that they can deliver better value to the gamer without having to pay for a technology that costs them a couple hundred extra bucks, maybe a hundred extra bucks to put in there that doesn't really add a lot of value. And so um, I think that overall, by the way, the gaming monitors is a growing industry um, and the margins are good for those monitor partners. So I think that their whole point is how do we make a better gaming experience and going along an open standards route for them is the easiest way to do that. Okay. Yep. Uh, I have other lists of questions I want to get to before I forget. I'm going to ask, you probably can't answer, but uh, when will PlayStation 5 come out? Which <laughs> graphics chip will be it? Also, when will the next generation Xbox come out and which AMD graphics part will be in there? You're going to ask. Uh, you want me to ask it? I asked it. I know my boss is watching. No comment. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, KB Lake G, you going to sell Intel more graphics parts? Uh, you know, we still enjoy a relationship, a semi-custom relationship with them. So if they want to continue down that path, that's their choice. Okay. That's their choice. You know, actually, speaking of Intel, because that is the, you know, 900 pound gorilla elephant in the room what what are your thoughts i mean we've got a third player here is there anything Do you we, want to say I, to roger you just want oh, to like hi, oh, bring it on roger <laughs> no actually um good luck i740 uh, i enjoy roger very much i um we're good friends uh, i think they it's an interesting um endeavor they're taking um they they by the way they are the world's uh, biggest producer of graphics technology, if you include their integrated. If you count it, If yes. you can game on their integrated. <laughs> um, and I think that for me, um, you know, having a potential third player is one of those statements that would be time will tell. Um, you know, it's it's hard to produce a great GPU across many different vertices and verticals and um, and platforms that will work. And so I, I think that we'll see. We'll see what they can come up with, but um, time will tell. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like it's a, it's a pretty tall order because I mean, of course, we don't know what they've been working in internally, but it feels like they got to go from zero to 100 miles an hour because they're running with AMD and NVIDIA who have been just, just, you yeah. know. We yeah. never count out our competition. I think, um, you know, one of the things that we always look at is how do we execute to our plans? And let's just stick to that. And let's make sure that we have a strong plan and focus on ourselves. Our competition will do what our competition does. One thing that I love about this industry, there's never a dull moment. And um, so for us, it's, okay, given the chaos of the industry, how do we focus on ourselves and just produce the best products we can? Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, hmm. Speaking, let's see. Oh, uh, gaming PC. I did ask the console question, which I had to ask because people are going to want to hear. But PC gaming, you you mentioned something very earlier that uh, that PC gaming at is like the thing. Oh, GDC. Yeah. So there's a um, GDC is about just around the corner. Uh, it's coming out soon. And um, there was a really great survey that I've read recently that the majority of game developers are still and plan on still. Uh, gaming for the PC first or are working on games now, high majority, over 60%. 
And so what I love about that stat is that, you know, as you look at these next couple of years, people always wonder, you know, are, are games still coming out on the PC? No, it's super important for game developers. It's a great platform. It's an open platform. Um, of course, they need to make money doing it, but the community around PC gaming is always so vibrant that it's just one of those things that they continue to look forward to. So it, I think the survey said something like over 60% are still planning on or working on today PC games. And I think number two was mobile and then number three was console right behind. Wow. Them. So okay. it's it's still my favorite community is PC. And, um, and I know that hearing that uh, and reading those statistics, it seems like the game developers are still really excited about the PCs. Wow. That's interesting. Great. So PC number one. Number two, uh, phones, not tablets, phones. And number three is console. Hear that, Elena? Number three. <laughs> Maybe just now. I think, you know, console's always a point in time. It's always a point. Yeah, I, yeah, it's interesting. Consoles are, I mean, the whole console game is is really kind of changed up, too. So, uh, oh, gosh. Oh, how much time do we have? Oh, we got just a few more minutes. I want to hear, I've been saving this for less. Uh, I want to hear. Your Quake. No, I want to hear your Ferrari story. Now, this is crazy. This is their Ferrari story. Yeah, well, it's not my Ferrari story. I, I oh, you're right. I, it wasn't yours. I'm sorry. I didn't win it. Uh, so so <laughs> I, when I was in college, um, I spent a lot of time playing Quake. And um, I thought it was pretty good. I, I would maybe spend a couple hours a day playing, and I thought I was a pro gamer. Just just a couple hours a day? Just a, Well, okay, I'm exaggerating. More <laughs> like 10. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, I would win regional tournaments and I would do pretty well. And then um, down in Texas, I ran into a small guy named Vitality. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Future Gordon here chiming in. Scott and I misremember this. We thought we were younger than we actually are. It wasn't Fatality. It was Dennis Fong. Yes, Thresh the man himself. So every time he says Fatality, think Thresh. So back to our show. Probably doesn't remember me, but I remember him. And it was one of the early round brackets, but that was during the tournament for that uh, it at the time was giving away a, a Ferrari. And um, so when... When I ran into him, I was doing well. I actually did pretty well, and then I learned that I'm not a very good gamer. Uh, he blanked me 20-0, 20-0, and then I flew back home and began studying harder because <laughs> I realized that there's some people that are ungodly good at games, and there's some people like me who are just pretenders, I guess. So, uh, um, But I think that was the tournament where they were giving away the Ferrari, and I, I think he was too young to drive it away, so he had to have his parents or somebody come pick it up Wow, and, uh, and take that out. But yeah, that's when I learned that I love gaming, but I'm not maybe necessarily as good as I thought it was. I can't imagine the hand-eye coordination on like those the top players in the world. There's like, you know what I learned? What, like, I, what I learned, he was, um, if, if you look back at what he was really good at, is he just knows the maps extremely well. The sounds, the maps, he can run through them backwards with his eyes closed. Uh, I did not. I was just trying to you know, run around and shoot. And um, I learned that's just a different league of investment of time and research into, into those games. And if you look at esports today, those guys are practicing crazy amounts of time, 16 to 18 hours a day. And boot camps and they're traveling around the world. It's just a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal time to be in PC gaming and a phenomenal time to be in the industry to help support those and raise up that community to keep giving them money and promoting the, the industry that I love. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's amazing where the PC is today. So, and of course you got Radeon 7, which is going to be good for, I just want to give the, the chance to for Scott to talk about his Radeon 7 here? Yeah, well, for Radeon 7 for us, I'm, I'm extremely excited. We're back in the enthusiast space. We have a very competitive product. And if you are also a creative uh, person looking for a, a GPU to help you with your workloads and you game, 
this is by far the way the best GPU for you. So it's six ninety nine starting on um, February seventh from AMD, and um, I'm super excited to see all the reviews come out and have gamers start playing with it. Okay, and there will be plenty of availability. It won't be like yes, you know, Bitcoin uh, we, mining crazy days. Uh, no, no, and um, you know that's the other thing is the community gave us a lot of feedback. You know, during that time frame, the the price points were a little out of whack for a lot of people, and so that's why you see us. Um, having some availability on amd.com because if that ever comes back we want to be ready to make sure the gamers can get our gpus at a good price okay so direct sales that's the reason why so make sure people can get them okay that's right yeah very good outstanding uh again come back february 7th let's see what everybody thinks uh don't take his word for it but he, he seems pretty confident to me so and we know it works for FreeSync. so come back and check <laughs> that, it out. that's right thanks gordon i appreciate the time today and uh thanks for letting me show your audience the unboxing thanks a lot okay thanks uh thank you scott for coming by for uh more information on cool pc stuff and how awesome the pc is come back to the full nerd we are going to check you out soon 